Firm Foundation is an outreach of the Primitive Baptist Churches of DeKalb County. New Bildad Primitive Baptist Church meets in the Seven Springs community on New Bildad Road each Sunday morning at 10.30, Sunday night at 6, and Wednesday night at 6.30. The Mount View Primitive Baptist Church meets in the Shiny Rock community on Old Blue Springs Road each Sunday morning at 10.30. Your speaker today is Elder Ricky Arnold, pastor at the Mount View Church.
like to turn our attentions to some familiar scripture be found in the 15th chapter of the Gospel of Luke. Begin reading at verse 11. And he said, A certain man had two sons, and the younger of them said to his father, Father, give to me the portion of goods that falleth to me. And he divided unto them his living. And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country, and there wasted his substance with riotous living. And when he had spent all, there arose a mighty famine in the land, and he began to be in want. And he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him into his fields to feed swine. And he would have fain filled his belly with the husks that the swine did eat, and no man gave unto him. And when he came to himself, he said, How many hired servants of my father have bread enough and to spare, and I perish with hunger? I will arise and go to my father, and will say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee, and am no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of thy hired servants." And he arose and came to his father. But when he was a, yet a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in thy sight, and am no more worthy to be called thy son. But the father said unto his servant, Bring forth the best robe and put it on him, and put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet. And bring hither the fatted calf, and kill it, and let us eat and be merry. For, thy son, for my son, which was dead, is alive again. He was lost and is found, and they began to be merry. Story of the prodigal son. Now, there are several things that need to be established. The prodigal son asked for his part of the inheritance, and the father gave it to him, and he left and wasted his substance with riotous living. In other words, he went out into the world and followed after all the world could give him as long as he had the money to buy it. Whatever sinful pleasure he desired, he took part in, and that's a, that's a road that leads to destruction. Not eternal. But let's understand some things. The 49th chapter of the book of Isaiah says, can a, can a woman forget her sucking child? He says, yea, they may forget, yet I will not forget thee. I have thee graven upon the palms of my hand. God won't forget us. I want you to know that the, that the father never forgot the son. The son never stopped being a son. That the son, was, he had his sonship intact the entire time that he was gone. What did he What did he miss? He missed the fellowship, and he missed the joy, and he missed the blessing and benefit of being in the Father's house. Right. He missed being where he could get the benefits of what the Father and only the Father could give him. He never stopped being a child. Let's understand something. That the Father saw this son a great way off. We'll get to that in just a minute. Let's go to... Uh, Romans chapter 9, that we need to see that mercy belongs to the Father. Now in, in Romans chapter 9, let us begin at verse 9, and we may not read all, we'll read several passages of Scripture here, but to get the point that I'm after, it says, For this word of promise 
At this time I will come and Sarah shall have a son. And not only this, but when Rebekah also had conceived by one even our father Isaac, for the children being not yet born, neither having done any good or evil, that the purpose of God according to election might stand, not of works, but of him that calleth, it was said unto her, The elder shall serve the younger. As it is written, Jacob have I loved, but Esau have I hated. I'm just going to address this the only way I know how. You hear people say, God loved everybody. Well, there's one that you've got proof positive that he didn't. Now, I've had it answered I've had it answered to me this way. Well, it didn't really mean that he hated Jacob. Well, if it doesn't really mean that he hated, I mean, hated Esau, then maybe he didn't really love Jacob. Which way is it? Let, that, let the Word speak for itself. You see, there's not unrighteousness with God. God would have been just if he'd hated both of them. They're both sinners. They both got a sin nature. But God knew these scriptures are written by the end. They're, they're moved on. God's Holy Spirit moved on men to write these scriptures. And the Lord knew that men are going to raise this question. So he answers the question in these passages of scriptures. As it is written, Jacob have I loved and Esau have I hated. What shall we say then? Is there unrighteousness with God? God forbid. For he saith to Moses, I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy, and I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. So then it is not of him that willeth, nor of him that runneth, but of God that showeth mercy. Dear children, I don't want it any other way. Because it says, is there unrighteousness with God? God forbid. There's no unrighteousness with God. God saved people, even ungodly people because that's all there were is ungodly people. That's who he says Christ died for. Now it says, it's not of him that willeth, it's not of your will, nor of your work, it's not of him that runneth, but of God that showeth mercy. It says, for the scripture saith unto Pharaoh, even at the same even for this same purpose have I raised thee up, that I might show my power in thee, that my name might be declared throughout all the earth, Therefore hath he mercy on whom he will have mercy, and on whom he will he hardeneth. Now you go back and read in, in the book of Exodus where God was working all his great signs and wonders to bring his children up out of Egypt. And it says, And the Lord hardened Pharaoh's heart. Now who hardened? Now understand something. Pharaoh already had a hard heart. God kept it hard. Why? So he could show his mercy where he intended to show his mercy. Right. Now, let's understand. Let's go down a little further. Now, here is a, here's a point that we need to make and where we're going to get back to the prodigal son in a minute. It says in verse 21, Hath not the potter power over the clay of the same lump to make one vessel unto honor and another to dishonor? What if God willing to show his wrath and to make his power known endured with much long suffering the vessels of wrath fitted to destruction and that he might make known the riches of his glory on the vessels of mercy which he had afore prepared unto glory even us whom he hath called not of the Jews only but also the Gentiles now what did that just teach us hath not the potter the power over the clay of the same lump to fit one vessel to honor and one to dishonor. What's the difference in the vessels fitted to honor and the ones fitted to, uh, to dishonor? Mercy. Right. Who showed the mercy? God did. Yeah. 
Now you understand, dear children, people ask, people ask the question that if you go back to the 115th Psalm, that uh, Psalms 115, verse 3, it says, But our God is in the heaven, and He hath done whatsoever He hath pleased. Dear children, I'm thankful that it pleased our God to save a people and to show mercy. Because if He didn't show mercy, all of us were fitted to destruction. Who fitted us to destruction? We did. It says by one man, sin entered into the world and death passed upon all men. You see, if I get what I deserve... Now, I've told this story before. This fellow that comes up to me, all you know, I, you, you know that I use this term. People ask me, how are you? I say, I'm better than I deserve. I've got one fellow that when I say that to him, he says, oh no, you're a child of the king. You deserve the best. No, I deserve damnation. That's what I deserve. But I'm thankful for grace and mercy. How about you? Amen. That's what I received at the hand of God. Why? Because my God had done whatsoever He pleased. Dear children, let's understand what, that, what it says here. It said, It is not of him that willeth or him that runneth, but of God that showeth mercy. And that's what pleased God, is to show us mercy. Let's go to Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 5. And it says, Having predestinated us, unto the adoption of children. Now what does that mean? That every minute of every hour was determined by God? No. It means that God determined to save a people. He predetermined that He was going to have a people saved from that destruction, Brother Paul. Now, it says, having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to Himself, according to what, how good you were? No. According to what you did? No. According to the good pleasure of his will. I'm going to go back to. I'm coming back to the prodigal son. So bear with me. Now, one more passage of scripture here in Ephesians, and let's go down to about verse ten. It says that in the dispensation of the fullness of time, he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth, even in Him, in whom also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestined according to the purpose of Him who worketh all things after the counsel of His own will. God works everything, even our salvation, after the counsel of His own will. And I said it's going to go back to the prodigal son. Now, understand something. When we go back there and look at that, I want to pick up where the prodigal son. See, when he come to the end of himself, he wasted his substance with righteous living. He went out and got, he got a belly full of sin. He got all he could handle. Where did it leave him? He left him down in the hog pen. Not a good place. He's going back to the father. And he arose, verse 20, he arose and came to his father, but when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him. Now let me stop right there. Now, we've established that our Heavenly Father works all things after the counsel of His own will, and He did things. He decided to have mercy on whom I will have mercy, and I'll have compassion on whom I will have compassion. Let me tell you something, dear children. That father was under no obligation to let that prodigal son back in the house. He was under no obligation to take him back. He got what he asked for. Well, I'll show how old I am, you know. Ray Charles used to sing a song. Hit the road, Jack. Don't you come back. 
He hit the road. But now he's come back. But he arose and came to his father's house when he was yet a great way off. His father saw him and had compassion on him. Had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. You see, dear children, there's what your heavenly father had for each of his children is compassion. He had compassion back in Ephesians. Back in Ephesians chapter 2, I want to get a verse here. Verse 13, it says, But now in Christ Jesus, ye who sometimes were far off, are made nigh by the blood of Christ. Let me ask you the question, dear children, and I say, I dare say every child of God has these experiences in his life where you felt like you were like the prodigal son. You were a long way off. Amen. Dear children, our sin sometimes makes us feel like we're a long way off from the house of God, from the love of God. But dear children, let me tell you and assure you that God's compassion will not fail. It never has and it never will. And He sees you when you are afar off. Don't think you've ever been so far away or you've been down so far that God cannot reach you or God cannot see you because our God is looking for you even when you're a long way off. Dear children, see that and understand it. You've been made nigh by the blood of Christ. It healed the wound. It paid the debt. The blood of Jesus Christ reconciled you to the Father. The Father said, yes, He can come home because that debt, Brother Ronnie, has already been settled. The blood of Christ made us nigh. Now let me, let me, I want you to think about that. The blood of Christ, somebody had to pay for all those sins that led you to the hog trough. Okay? Somebody had to pay for them. And Jesus Christ said, I'll take upon them, I'll take upon myself their sins. I know what they've done. You see, dear children, God knows every sin that I've ever confessed. And you know what? He knows them that I only know about. He knows those sins I don't want you to know about. The answer to that is in the epistle of 1 John. 1 John chapter 3 and verse 1. We'll start and read verse 1, maybe in verse 2. It says, Behold, what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore the world knoweth us not, because it knew Him not. Beloved, now are ye the sons of God, and it doth not yet appear what ye shall be, but we know that when ye, He shall appear, we shall be like Him for we shall see Him as He is. Behold, what manner of love. Let me ask you the question. We've got people that love us. I know Mom and Daddy love me now. But have you ever had anybody that loved you like the Lord loved you? Dear children, see that. See that. Has anybody ever loved you like the Lord loved you? Now let me ask you the question. What brought the prodigal son back home? What He'd come to the end of himself. There was nobody... That... You think about this. 
swine was an unclean beast. Now for a little Jewish boy to be down there feeding hogs, he's just about as low as he can get. And you know what? There's not, a salt, and there's not anybody down there with him. He's all alone. What brought the prodigal son back home? Love. He knew the father loved him enough. He said, now, he wasn't worthy. He didn't deserve it. He didn't deserve to get back in the house, and he wasn't asking to get back in the house. He said, just make me as one of the hired servants. Daddy loves me enough that he'll give me a job even though I'm not worthy to be a son. He got a place for me. Love brought him home. Dear children, let me ask you tonight. Has your sin separated you and made you feel like you were a long way off? Well, let me tell you something. The Father saw a long way off. And I'm going to go to a very familiar passage of Scripture. Brother Paul's been in part of that already. It's been said, I've heard my son say it, quoting another preacher. You can't preach without the 8th chapter of Romans, and I don't know why you'd want to. 8th chapter of Romans. At verse 28. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to His purpose, to them who are called. Who does the calling? The Lord does. Now that doesn't mean that everything that happens to you is good. That doesn't mean that everything happens to you, God caused. But what God does for you will work for your good. Now, here are the five main important things that God did for His people. For whom He did foreknow. Now what does that mean? He had an intimate, personal, loving knowledge of His people before He made a people. And He did also predestinate. In other words, He predetermined something. Not every minute of every hour of every day. Not evil. He predetermined that to be conformed to the image of His Son that He might be the firstborn among many brethren. Over whom He did predestinate them, He also called, and whom He called them, He justified, also justified, and whom He justified, then He also glorified. God, through His loving, personal foreknowledge, before the highest hill of this earth was ever made, saw His children afar off. And He loved them enough to make a place for them. He loved them enough to save them by the shed blood of His Son. That's what He predetermined to do. To save a people by the shed blood of His Son. What shall we say then? If God To these things, if God be for us, who can be against us? Now it goes on. Brother Paul's already read a good portion of that. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? And he goes on down and says, For I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor powers nor things present nor things to come nor height nor depth nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus. Dear children, there is nothing that will separate you from the love of God. Not one thing. Not even your sin. Because Christ paid for that and made you nigh, brought you home by His blood. I'll conclude in Acts. Acts chapter 2. Brother Paul talked about Peter preaching on Pentecost when they were pricked in their heart. You can't prick a stone. God worked in their heart. God's the one that changed them. What did He do? He called them. 
by his love, draw them home. Peter says, repent and be baptized. Then Peter, verse 38, it says, Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remissions of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. For the promise is unto you and to your children and to all that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. Let me ask you tonight, have you ever felt like you were a long way off? Have you ever felt like the prodigal son? I'm down just about as far as I think I can go. And you love the Lord Jesus Christ. That's an evidence He loved you first. And He's calling. Oh sinner, come home. Not to make you a child of God. Come into the house of God and being baptized. That didn't make these people children of God. They was already children. God had called them, touched them, called them, said, come home. I've still got a place for you in my house. Isn't that a beautiful picture that the father had for the prodigal son? He saw him when he's a long way off. God, God sees all of us when we've been a long way off. So I bid you, if you haven't come, you ought to. Not to become a child, but because the Lord loved you and paid for you. And still got a place for you. May the Lord bless you and keep you is my prayer. Thank you for listening. You may write to the Firm Foundation in care of Ricky Arnold, 328 R. Arnold Road, Smithville, Tennessee, 37166. And until next time, may the Lord richly bless you and keep you is my prayer.